0: Hi, I'm Jeremy, co-founder and city of the United Manufacturing Hub and today we're privileged to have Jack Enlinder from the Industry 4.0 Maturity Center in Aachen, Germany with us. We will delve into the heart of the German manufacturing industry and gain insight from the scientific community. Hi, Jack. Hi, Jeremy. Nice to see you. So, maybe to kick things off on a lighter note, what is it that you do enjoy in your free time?
1: Ha. Huh. That's uh, that's a good question, but basically it's um, actually it's spending time with my with my son. He is almost two years now, and that's um, for us. It's a really nice, nice time with our family. Um, so we have a big hedgework family, basically lots of children around, and it's always nice to see them evolving. And so so this basically um, the, the most um, the best thing you know, currently. But besides that, the, the, the more formal answers, you know, is like hiking on vacation. Um, and besides that, um, I used to rebuild motorcycles, um, oh, nice. on my own, but, um, actually, I, I don't drive mo- motorcycle anymore,
0: <laughs> at least for, for some time now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So maybe to go into uh, more the professional area, um, I booked you up and you spent really a lot of time in the, let's call it German scientific realm, the mm-hmm. RWTH, and um, you consulted numerous companies. I think you have already a lot of stories to share. Could you maybe share one one story that you think would be interesting? Before I deep dive in
1: the specific uh, story, um, from, from my perspective and from my learnings, is that um, it's the customers and the companies we are working with are sometimes the, in, in somehow the same, but they always have different kind of requirements and different kind of problems. Um, and um, the story I, I would like to bring here is um, from a heavy equipment manufacturer. Um, it, it, it was really like the, the best story I could tell because uh, everything got into, into one project here. Um, so the, the manufacturer, was like a um, German Mittelstand. Um, so it, it was, um, to um, to big company here in Germany. Um, several uh, factory sites um, around Europe and uh, around the globe. Um, and they decided to build a new factory, so called smart factory. So they really wanted to do a good job from the very first beginning, right? Because when we always talk about um, architectural development and IoT architectures, um, it's always about legacy, legacy integration and how to get old things done, right? The, the old machinery, machinery on the shop floor, um, the old IT systems, and so on. So they really focused on doing things right from the very first beginning. Um And I say it like it's quite normal to do it like this way, but it's really hard to, to push that strategic decision throughout the project. Um, and it was really nice to see that um, everything was meant to be taken into account, right? We had the the business, um, the business pillars, the business objectives um, regarding this new factory. Um, when it comes to okay, which technology is there? Which production technology? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the on a on a global level um, the production network itself? What will be um, produced on this side and so on? Um, but of course, on the other side, we have this kind of IT perspective. We will have a uh, modern IT architecture. We will be open in the future, right? Not to make the same mistakes we did like 20 years ago uh, so that we are tied up and really, mm-hmm. um, um, how to say this, um, they they are not um, able right now to change their mind, to change their behavior um, because um, everything is, is rigid and they can't do anything in changes, right? Everything is really expensive when they do, uh, do want to change mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, you know, of course, companies take a lot of money to do changes on the system and so on. So they really said, okay, we want to have this opportunity to change our mind in the future. Um, and in, in in total it was a quite big project um, We started at the really first beginning when it comes to ideation, the vision of the future, IOT architecture, um, and then derived, let's say um, a, a project path, um, from the, the visioning to some scenarios we derived um, to specific vendor and system selection um, and to the implementation phase afterwards. And um, um, it was a really nice project for me to see from the very first beginning to the implementation. Um, at the implementation phase, I um, left the project due to a change in, in my job, but nevertheless, I'm still in contact with them. Um, and it's it's really nice to see that it worked out Right. so um, I mean of course during the project um like like always some um, assumptions and some requirements changed um you need to be flexible um I know this is uh, nothing new but um nevertheless the the very first um, pillars to the project we set they are still um still really nice working so um I think this this was the most um yeah a meaningful project to me
0: in my time was it more strategic strategic the Mm -hmm. goals for the company or was it more like okay let's use this let's build a new factory but let's improve the quality by x percent or what was the original goal of it
1: um let's say it was the combination i mean the 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 business decision to build the new factory um was to gain more capacity basically to be more Mm -hmm. um, flexible on the market um to better address the customer needs and so on um, but besides this, uh, when it comes to to the IT strategy, let's say or the digitalization strategy, um, it was exactly this open, formalized strategy to be more flexible in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, to um, of course to save some money due to expensive challenges when it comes to adjustment, actually. Um, but nevertheless, it was more like the um, the overall thinking, that let's make do it right now so this was basically mm-hmm. the, the one uh, the one uh, sentence during the whole project um but from that perspective um uh, the customer and the company we work with um was quite open for whatever technology or for whatever approach we suggest them right so it was um it was kind of strategic decision of course at the very first beginning um, but during the project, um, definitely come to some specific questions when it comes to, to
0: technology or system integrator and so on. And what, would, would you say is this typical for the companies that you consult with? So it's, or, or maybe you explain it to the, uh, to the, to the audience. What, what is it? These, this kind of double role. So you seem to be very close with the scientific community mm-hmm. and you're also, uh, quite close with consulting companies. So yeah. maybe explain how, how it works, and then we can the, deep dive into each, both of these worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it works quite nice, but of course, it's not that uh, that easy to
1: distinguish at some point. So um, the, the company I work for um, was a research institute from the H Ravens. Um, so, basically, we did a lot of research projects there. Uh, we had a lot of training and certification courses and so on. We, we all do our PhD there. So, it's basically the, the research perspective. Um, but the other main pillar from this institute was consultancy, right? So, um, as you said before, we, we had this kind of double role. And um, just to to retell the, the business story of the business model of the institute, um, from a research perspective, you get insights which are, um, let's say, five to ten years ahead of the market, right, um, because it needs to evolve and so on. But you can, of course, use this insights um, to bring into the um, consultancy projects. And on the other hand, you have your consultancy projects uh, where you gain a lot of hands-on practice insights, which can then be, um, again, pushed in the research cycle. So it's um, it's basically really nice to, to have the combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course, you always have a different um, objective when it comes when it comes to research. It's not that money focused, right? It's more like on the on the on the result. Um, in, in the other on the other side, the consultancy project, it's more about. Saving money due to the, uh, during the project, yeah, but also have a nice result. Um, but yeah, this is basically the the way we worked at
0: the institute. And what are some of the trends that you see more coming from the scientific side, where you say, "Hey, mm-hmm. five to ten years ahead of the market"? What's currently mm-hmm. going on there? Yeah, um, uh, I, I would say the research perspective is more
1: technology and use case driven at the moment um so for example Mm -hmm. we of course we talk a lot about ai uh we talk a lot about process automation and and this kind of stuff um digitalization in general when it comes to more specific technologies we'll talk um about some later i think um opcua um basics foundation and so on um and the other side what we also see in the research um is that there is a lack um of let's say in, in managing capabilities um Mm -hmm. to when it comes to the question okay how to how to integrate those technologies how to select them um, how to manage them over time and how do these technologies fit in a in a wider and a more open ecosystem so um to to sum up on the one side we see a lot of trends when it comes to technology specific things and so on Mm -hmm. but how to manage them um, it's not really a topic in, in our research, at least like uh, three to four years ago. Um, and this is something very interesting. And this is as well something which, our uh, because of um, our business model, was working quite well. Because you can, let's say, uh, switch the perspective all over the time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is basically, uh, from my perspective, this is a big problem. Because when we look at our customers and our partners, it's... Um, from, from our perspective it always comes to the managing uh, capability how to manage all the technologies and how to manage um, the digital transformation over time um, it's not about a specific technology yeah um, no, I you, you are saying yes <laughs> I think I, I mean the sentence is it's it's not new yeah it's not about technology uh, but nevertheless it's, it's a big problem um, from a research okay perspective,
0: so- so you would say in the scientific community, there, it's a lot of talk about certain smaller type of technologies. Um, mm-hmm. that I don't know, like predictive maintenance, how to do it, how to improve it, maybe also what, what business cases it could provide. But there's not much about like how to get the people on board. I mean, all the science, science people they start now using Raspberry Pis. Um, it's kind of a, Different world, like how to get people yeah. on board, how to build up processes. Oh, interesting! Yeah. And is is it then? Are, are these then the typical challenges when you consult companies that why why they come to you and get are get then consulted, or w- why why do they come to you?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to to um, differentiate here between different en- entry points. We as well do consultancies when it comes to specific questions. Um, how do I integrate my, my ME system? Um, how can I um, improve my predictive maintenance capabilities and so on? Um, but the overall problem and challenge um, is to, let's say, to balance um, the, the local perspective from the factories and the global mm-hmm. perspective from the headquarters. Because um, the historically seen, um, the, the sites are quite autonomously working, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing their 1st mockups. they they're doing their first pilots, and so on. Maybe it's working, yeah. You know, and then they have some, some communication between those sites, but to transform and um, to, um, to transport or to, to scale this specific use case from one, from one side to the other, that's the challenge, right? Um, and therefore, of course, um, the, the headquarters um, have different, let's say, objectives in mind. They want to have standards. They want to have mm-hmm. standardized, uh, standardized data models and standardized use cases. Um, but of course, this perspective is not working as well either because you need to make um, smaller adjustments. You need to have the, the local perspective and um, mm-hmm. the local mind, um, right? And this is, let's say, the, ma- the main challenge when we see and when we consult companies, uh, which I would describe as innovative, because we see that digitalization and in industry 4.0 um, is taking place in these companies, um, in these companies, but basically sometimes a bit too much top-down and sometimes mm-hmm. a bit too much bottom-up. Um, and we, let's say, try to find uh,
0: together with these companies the, the right balance. Oh, so to, to summarize, each factory is... Quite independent, and uh, my this also fits my experience. Like mm-hmm. um, maybe each each, each uh, site has their own MES system or whatever yeah. because they're responsible in the end for it. And um, now maybe they have a successful case. And what's now difficult about uh, digitalization, industry 4.0 etc., is to to actually like roll it out because every every company inside is so different. How can one? Yeah now no no put it all together and this is then where companies come to come to you right
1: yeah yeah exactly and we see both sides right um, sometimes we have um, basically we have bigger companies with let's say plus 20 sites or even more we have um, customers um, that have 100 150 sites across the globe um, and we see both. We see the companies where the, um, where the factories are really independent, as you said before, mm-hmm. they have their own MES, they have their own processes, their own digitalization strategy at some time. Um, but on the other hand, we see companies which are really trying to um, uh, to bring the top-down approach towards the, the, the factories. Um, and you, you need to find the balance because um, in, in both perspectives, some are some benefits.
0: Um, but not if you are too extreme in, in one direction. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about the scientific uh, part and why companies would uh, would come to you. Um, what are some of the trends that that come more from the from the corporate side? Maybe in the sense of technology, also like process or people. What is something that currently interests uh, them the most?
1: I would say. Uh, maybe it's standards and and uh, data models
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: because um let's say the the trends the the trends you have to uh, distinguish here again of course there are lots of technology things going on with ai machine learning every company nowadays says okay we need to push ai into our production and then it's working better yeah um of course it, it don't yeah but um it doesn't and um, but nevertheless um on the other side, we, we talk about a lot with um, with the headquarters, and they seem to be a bit. Um, they need more uh, the tools and methods at hand, and um, to be able to talk better with the the sites, right? In the name of mm-hmm. standard or standardised data models and so on. Um, so mm-hmm. in in every. Uh, interview or every first discussion we have with our customers. It's always about standards, data models, some specific technologies, right? Um, Which as well we had before is about scaling use cases and scaling digital transformation um, in general, because I mean, more than 10 years now, we're talking about the the term, the topic Industry 4.0. But if you ask some some companies, Whereas the big benefit, uh, do we have Hmm. a big benefit? They always say, no, not really. It's really hard to to scale the use cases and so on. Um, And this is basically from from a company perspective,
0: um, a big problem um, and a big challenge right now. When we previously talked with each other, you Mm -hmm. mentioned the topic of unified namespace. And I was, to be honest, quite surprised because normally people in the... Especially the German scientific com- community, they're really going all in for OPCUA, basics, asset administration, shells, yeah. etc. So, what what brought you to the topic of unified namespace? Uh,
1: research. <laughs> so, um, literature research, basically, or um, some some kind of Google research. Um, but some time ago, right? I mean, um, as you said before. I think we in Germany. Um, I, I do not have that much experience in in other markets, to be honest. But of course, I see some trends there, and the the German um, market and the the German research. You you can really see that it's a German mindset, yeah, with with a lot of standards, with a lot of bureaucracy, and this kind of um, yeah blown up projects uh, to to mm-hmm. to find the one solution, right. Um, and I think this is the main the main problem here, um, because you can't find one solution for the let's say for the most suitable IIoT architecture around the world um, every company is quite different. Um, so, of course, the approach for some the some of the projects you have made before Basics and um, OPC UA is to be fl- flexible, sure. Um, but I would say on on a lower level. Uh, when we compare it to the uh, United um, uh, namespace approach, yeah, unified namespace approach. Sorry, um, because when we look at the um, classical integration pyramid, yeah, you know, um, then we mm-hmm. have in, in Germany the the focus is really on the process automation level, um, mm. where in in the in the past there was a lot of process automation here in Germany We have big companies, of course, and this is somehow the the focus. Um but what's not that much the focus, I mean of course we're talking about this, but what is not that much in the focus is the business perspective. Our business goals, my business structure and so on. And therefore we see that mm-hmm. all these big projects, BASICs, for example, um, is not that well suited or is not really the, the benefit we are searching for when it comes to to a digitalization on the, the company wide level. Yeah. Um, there, the unified namespace um, came across, let's say, my mind, and um, it's it's really nice to see that it's more like a, a concept. It's more like a concept than a technology, mm-hmm. and the, the fundamental pillars, let's say, what um, what what are defining uh, the UNS, um, are r- way better um, addressing the company's challenges. Um, that the, the German um, projects uh, projects do and the, the German approaches. Um, why? I don't know. Uh, maybe because mm-hmm. we have our process automation um, perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah from, from my uh, point of view what a flexible open and modern IT architecture needs to, um, um, needs to have um, to be beneficial in companies, that's basically what the UNS is representing.
0: And maybe in your own words, what, mm-hmm. what do you understand? Because you said it's a concept and yeah. I found like really a lot of interpretations of it. What is in your opinion, what does unified namespace um, mean or what are the, the, the concepts of the unified namespace that you heard that you think yeah. are the most relevant, also in comparison yeah. to, to the typical German automation, process automation mm-hmm. uh, standards and tools and techniques there? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, as you said before, it's there are a lot of different um, opinions. Let's say from the from the UNS and understandings from the UNS. And I think somehow that's that's okay. Yeah, because that's um, okay to have different understandings of a concept like this one. Um, but I think you can narrow it down to to um, three or four uh, main, main pillars, right? And there are a lot of nice explanation videos around um, which try to, to make it way better than I can do. Um, but nevertheless, nowadays, it's it's a really hard problem for companies to get data, to know where the data is. Uh, we have siloed systems. We have siloed um, environments and so on. So the single source of truth we are talking about, um, that's really hard to realize for lots of lots of the companies we are talking with. Because what, of course, this does not mean is that you have one single data, whatever, data warehouse, data lake, or mm. data sync, uh, where all my data is in. This is not, 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 not a good approach at all, yeah? because every system has its own data model. There is a, a good reason why the data close to some machines, close to some systems, is stored in the systems or system environment. But nevertheless, due to Industry 4.0, of course, you want to use the data from other systems. So you need Mm -hmm. to realize um, at least a single source of truth concept and environment to make this happen. And um, this is one pillar of the United um, Unified Namespace to to realize those um, single source of truth, right? Um, And again, it's not a technology. Um, it's, it's not a database or whatever but basically you I always have a, a address book in mind right mm-hmm. where I can find this data where can I find this data and so on It's more about this um, let's say registered uh, book register book or whatever how to find the data Another thing is um, and this is something which is really close to my opinion of modern architectures um, is the hub the main hub where we have PubSub subscriber, Mm -hmm. publish subscriber uh, methodology, right? So um, you you gain a lot of benefit from this because um, we say systems are loosely coupled and they are not interconnected directly. Mm -hmm. Lots of our companies have hundreds, thousands of interfaces um, between each systems. Um, But of course, for example, if you want to, have a new ME ME system or just a really small um, application, you have to rebuild all those inter interconnections interfaces. If you have this pub sub methodology, the system just publishes all the information it has to some hub to uh, to, to mm-hmm. a streaming or to broker platform or whatever, and all the other systems can decide: okay, is this information important to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there you have, on a more technology um, perspective, the opportunity to exchange data um, for the whole company. And not only for a production line, not only for one site, but if you do it like really open and wide for the whole company. So that the headquarter knows, okay, the um, the, the machine at site whatever, site 20 um, is broken because it's a really important machine for, for the overall production. Um, on the other hand, of course, you don't need to have all the information of one sensor um, at the, the global corporate level. Now, you, you don't mm-hmm. need it. So you can really nice differentiate between levels of information um, and the, the stakeholder or the, the, the person at the end of the machine uh, which gets the data. And the other thing, and the last thing, thing um, is um, that the unified namespace can easily represent the all overall structure of the company. Um, because mm-hmm. what we what we see in the past, uh, when we have the, the big uh, monolithic applications or monolithic um, IoT architectures, you have the ERP system right in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Big ERP system, don't touch it. I don't want to change it, it's running. Um, and of course, this represented the, the companies 30, 20 years ago. Um, but nowadays, you need to have a more flexible approach. Um, and therefore, the unified uh, namespace um, is, is really good to to structure the company, the whole structure, not only process automation line again, but the whole structure, um, and to talk in events when it comes mm-hmm. to um, event-driven architectures. Um, and this, again, is quite different from a process automation level, because when you have a Typical server-client approach. You always push data, even the, even if there's no change. Yeah, just the information. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still living. Yeah, um, but of course, it's what's important um, is the event, the change when something happens. For example, when you know when the machine is is ready with the um, specific um, work, or for example, when you have a big. Uh, a big company, and you have set several sites, and they all have one, let's say, manufacturing sites at the end, and all uh, all materials come together at this point. Um, it's not important to have every single update. It's just important, okay, my material left the company and, and will probably be there in two weeks or whatever, right? So um, this event thinking, it's, it's a bit different from what companies to uh, do nowadays. It's a more mm-hmm. uh, status-oriented, or uh, every information everywhere. What's what's not really the, the case here, but um, if you if you have a good event approach in your architecture, then it really helps you to to structure down and to represent your uh, your business. And this it, at the end is the main core or the main reason for an IIoT architecture to represent the business. Not to be a nice architecture just to have some fancy technology, mm-hmm. it, but to be able to represent the the company on a um on a hub with a high extent.
0: A lot of the um, more abstract things you said, this is exactly what I heard from people when they talked about like basics, OPCOA, etc. Yeah, you have this and it's a really easy tool to find every to find everything. Um you also now mentioned mm-hmm. the topic of event-driven architecture and it's only about the events. Yeah. Um, do you want to elaborate a little bit uh, on that? Where you think is the the, the difference there?
1: I think um, the difference is basically um, the perspective of the um, field of use of these technologies. For example, if you have mm-hmm. OPC UA, right? Where's the difference between OPC UA and MQTT? Yeah, that's a big, um, mm. big question for a lot of companies. Um, but OPCOA, it's it's a nice standard yeah it's it's a nice technology um, you can you can use it quite well for a specific um, um, environment but um, they said at the very first beginning we want to make one standard we want to make one technology and that fits all but that's not the case with opcoa right because when it comes to um, to the transmitting and the performance of a, of lots of events around the company and speak mm. about h- hundreds of thousands or even millions um, events mm-hmm. per day, and then it's, it, it's not working anymore with OPC UA because it's too slow. It's not specified to this specific use case and so on. But when it comes to, for example, connecting the machines or using the asset administration shell, yeah, as a standardized. Um, standardized um, way to connect machines and to talk with the machines um, around the shop floor—it's really nice. Um, but on the on the broader level, when it comes to exchange lots of data, um, there you have MQTT mm-hmm. as as protocol because it's um, it's specialized to this um, to this task, right? To uh, from the IoT perspective, to change to to exchange lots of data, but of course as it's from the iot perspective mqtt um does have a few challenges as well when it comes to iot so the industrial internet of things Yeah, uh, because you have lots of standards um, you have lots of different machines using different protocols and so on um, so therefore you need to find the the right connector um to be able to use mqtt in a more plug and play uh, view mm-hmm. right um, and so, both sides, both technologies have, have their um, benefits, um, pros and cons. Um, but when it comes to the overall architecture, the company architecture, not a solution architecture, but the company architecture and um, this open approach with MQTT, uh, loose coupled systems um, is, from my perspective, the, the one to go in the future um, and not the, not the smaller solution perspective from, from OPC UA or whatever. And and not to get think, me wrong, I I really like mm-hmm. the Yeah, it has a it's use. Yeah, but on the on the broader scale,
0: I think the eventual. I, I think it, for me, it kind of like starts to come all together. Like OPC UA mm-hmm. comes very strongly from from Germany. It's all about right. process automation, um, and it's I would say also a micro is a good standard for process automation. But mm-hmm. if you're thinking then about like using for the entire enterprise. It's getting more like an IT topic and then things yeah. start to really add up because in my experience, just from an implementation perspective, I've always struggled a little bit with with OPC UA, especially with like mm-hmm. large data amounts. I yeah. I like it uh, because it's it's at least a standard, but for sending real lot of da- data and with real lot of data, it's what's normal on an enterprise level. Um, even if you have a scatter system. Yeah. Um, you probably not be able to extract more than 10,000 values per second. I mean, this might sound a lot for automation. Why do you need so much? But in enterprise, yeah. be, with something like MQ Kafka, you don't measure how much, um, how many messages are in there. You measure it per gigabytes per second. Um, yeah. So it's just like you have also different amounts on how to measure it. Yeah. Now to continue... I saw that you posted about Azure adopting one of your, your frameworks. Um, maybe you want to explain a bit more about that? Sure,
1: um, I mean our main framework from, from the company I'm working for right now. Um, the, the company is Maturity Center, so Industry 4.0 Maturity mm-hmm. Center. And back in 2017, uh, where we were founded, um, the question was how to measure Industry 4.0 right? Five years since the term was uh, originated. So the Mm -hmm. question then back then was how to to measure it on on which maturity level um, is my company. Um, And therefore we then developed the maturity index, the maturity framework, um, where you can um, assess your company and have a status quo of the the current picture, right? The the current um, status quo. Um, and from from that point on, what we do nowadays, what is our main um, product, is to consult the companies to say, okay, now you're maybe at level two point three or whatever, maybe level three. Mm-hmm. Um, what in the next five to ten years, where do we want to come? Um, which maturity you want to achieve, and so on. Because what is really important to understand in this model, in this framework, is that it's not about getting to maturity level six in in every aspect because it's it's way too expensive maybe um, it's way way too much let's say um overthinked, yeah um, level four mm-hmm. is really nice for for lots of companies we're working with um so just to give you a, um, a really quick overview um, about the, the levels the first and the second are more like um, industry 3.0 perspectives and questions. It's about computer computerization and connectivity. Um, mm-hmm. because from from this point on you, you have nas- nothing new with industry 4, 4.0. Um, but then it's about visibility, now so that you have um, that you have the events and you see it. Sure, mm-hmm. but you, you don't know what what's happening there. That's the, the stage four. Transparency, you understand what's happening. Stage five, and then you see that the um, the development is is quite big here. Is the predictive capability to see? Okay, mm-hmm. I see my my machine one or whatever. There is a high temperature. Okay, when will when will it break? In one week, do I need to stop right now, or is it fine to to just um, uh, maintain it in in one month, maybe? And the the last level is adaptability. So the the production itself adapts itself to, again, um, get the the highest production, the the highest efficiency, and so on. But to to find the sweet spot spot, um, on level four, somehow, it's a big challenge for for lots of companies because uh, we address different topics. We not only address resources and IT systems, which... Let's say the, the obvious, obvious um, perspectives here, we also assess um, organization and culture. Because we said this at the very first beginning, it's not only about technology. Um, the company needs to be ready for this for this change when it comes to change management and culture of acceptance, um, culture of failure. Um, so we, we all have the, the whole company with our framework um, addressed. Um, and that's that's quite, quite interesting to see. And here the the Azure um, adopting framework when it comes. Mm-hmm. I think it was about cloud technology. Um, yeah, they just used our all six, mm, uh, nice. six levels there. They adopted a bit, um, uh, adapted a bit. Uh, but nevertheless, um, it's it's really nice to see that the, the framework itself, it's globally known nowadays and we see a lot of mm-hmm. adaptations and yeah. It's That's basically the story behind the, the Azure LinkedIn post.
0: I will definitely uh, link it. Uh, what should I link in the descriptions? Should I uh, link the LinkedIn or the full uh, full article in Azure? What, do, what would you prefer?
1: I think the the LinkedIn post would be fine because there's also a link to the to the Azure Azure Adoption Framework. So that
0: would be okay, fine. yeah. So so I I link. The LinkedIn post of Jack uh, further in the the description in the show notes or however, where you're watching this, where you can can find this. Do you have any questions for me? Sure. <laughs> I mean, we, we had a lot of uh, discussions um, um,
1: at the beginning and uh, before this interview and you from from the United Manufacturing Hub, right? Um, you are really close to the topic we, we spoke about this and to the, mm-hmm. to the overall trend of open architectures and so on. So what would you say about the United Manufacturing Hub is fundamentally different from from other solutions nowadays that you have the, the benefit and that you have your um, unique selling point, let's say.
0: We're a product company, a technology company, but we're not only looking at the technology part. So our vision is to make the worlds of computers and factories one. And mm-hmm. you, you just said it again. Um, it's not only about technology, it's also people and processes. Um, and we provide the missing link, the missing fabric to connect both of these worlds. It's a technology piece, but it strongly helps with people and processes. Um, we do it by giving the engineers the best IT and OT tools and there it already starts. So we give them the best tools of both worlds into their hands. So we are also thinking about like skill level. We took deliberate decision. Hey, what piece of technology? Can it be understood by a, by a person? Also thinking about processes. So we are only using like well established tools like OPC UA, MQTT, Kafka and, and for example, in in a lot of large enterprises. Um, you could argue about the Kafka part, but a lot of large enterprises, for example, there are already teams in there that that know it. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a high chance that there might already be processes there uh, that, that support it. So that when people in manufacturing do something in a transformation, it's not something new. So we bundled all of these tools and we put them into ready-to-use and easy-to-install architecture. And this is mm-hmm. the data infrastructure and this is like what's, what we all... Op- what we um, open sourced, and this is also something that really makes us stand out, because um, we're open source. Mm-hmm. Also, we're digitally ecosystem independent, because we've so- seen a lot of these solutions. They're kind of tie always to a certain type of of ecosystem. May- maybe more like Siemens, or maybe mm-hmm. more like OPC UA, or maybe. Like more IT, there are also some frameworks from IT there. Um, so we ecosystem independent. We're trying to to be the middle ground for, for that. And then third one is end-to-end. So basically, except for a couple of like for fun projects, I have not seen any other companies taking this approach to make the words of factories and computers the same. There are a lot of, uh, I think the vision seems to be with ITOT convergence, it seems to be quite, quite common. But this approach on how to do it also with the mission is not something that I've seen. And then why? I mean, it's open source. Like, why would companies then come to us? The, the, the business model behind it. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's about the, the life cycle. So you are a company and you want to use the best tools because you don't want to, um, force like the OT people just to use IT tools and the mm-hmm. other way around. So you you need all of these building blocks, but to set up everything, I mean, you could hire system integrator. But the real pain lies in maintaining everything because mm-hmm. if you build everything from scratch up, you are in a big IT infrastructure project, and it can get really expensive. So companies come to us because they see we provide them guaranteed lifecycle. For, for the data infrastructure. So it doesn't matter what tool you have. We ensure that everything is compatible with 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 each other. Um, just like a standardized thing, they might not have 100% flexibility, but they get a core infrastructure block that they know will work because we do all the testing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then additional features around it that helps them in installing it, provisioning, because they're... Comes in, if you install it like on edge devices, there's an entire thing of how to install it, what happens if it breaks, who's. Then we come back to the point of processes um, that they get a tool, a piece of technology, which they can put into the processes so that they know, okay, if something breaks, who is no responsible? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is Not how we're true. providing a, a small piece of technology. I would say to the broader business transformation that helps with the rest, and it's also open source, ecosystem independent, and end to end, and that makes us unique.
1: Fair, yeah, cool. I mean, the the open approach, let's say the open source approach and the open architecture. Um, the the more I I get into this topic um, over the last years, uh, the the more arises the questions: why it's not, all, why it's not always like this, right? <laughs> so from from my perspective, it's it's the only way to manage the, the digital transformation in the future. Yeah.
0: It, in IT, it is already yeah. this. In IT, it's it's absolutely normal. Mm-hmm. So, and what do I mean with IT? Not some small people. It's like what's what's going on in banking. What's going on at Netflix, Google, yeah. especially the infrastructure part. Linux, very good example. It has mm-hmm. just one in the server field. So, being open for this. And open source infrastructure, it's like it's the standard and manufacturing is deviating for, yeah. from it. And this is like what we're also trying to, to bring together.
1: We we are both from, from Aachen, right? <laughs> you, you <get laughs> yeah. to know each other from from another perspective, but nevertheless, yeah, it's, it's like some one hundred meters
0: um, which which our away from, our companies are. I was always an IT nerd but then studied Mechanical Engineering Business Administration at RWTH Mm -hmm. Aachen in Germany. Um, It's for international audience. It's a very renowned university for for mechanical engineering. And um, I landed up there in the Digital Capability Center in Aachen. And I built Mm -hmm. it up on a technical perspective. I was there a working student and I realized, hey, the knowledge of IT and now the knowledge of what's going on manufacturing is really, really helpful. So mm-hmm. put it together. Um, I, I was responsible there for the technical architecture. And then at, at one point, so it's a combination between McKinsey and the university. At one point, they decided to bring it also to the clients. So I mm-hmm. was involved in that. But at one point, I was absolutely frustrated because I saw you could, they, companies were paying millions for tools and I just know it from because I'm an IT nerd and and, I know those tools I'm like hey I can get all of this for free I can just download it so at one point I was so frustrated I found a system integrator I was using this type of technologies I was supporting the management consultancy with with doing their projects retrofitting etc so um, that's also where my uh, where the second uh, co-founder uh, came in. So we met there and we had like a lot of experience there in various industries around the world from somewhere in the base- pharmaceutical basement mm-hmm. uh, 30 kilometers far away from Tokyo to, to the U.S., to Italy, basically everywhere. And at one point we realized, hey, it's always the same tools mm-hmm. uh, that we use. Uh, Grafana, no Dread, Timescale, Influx at that point everyone was laughing at us um but we still decided to hey let's because we have we've proven it in mm-hmm. various industries it's the same thing so we put it together and founded a product company and that's where our third co-founder came in um because we needed some help with the with the business side and yeah. um this is this is the, the the founding story so we came come from the part of data infrastructure this is like the core, the open sourcing that we've been doing for years. Then we realized, hey, you need to install it more and more. So there is the device container infrastructure, Kubernetes mm-hmm. provisioning, etc. And now we realize, hey, infrastructure is very is very good, but engineers want to do it themselves. So mm-hmm. we're developing the management console. It's the tool which helps them easily. It's setting up and managing everything around it.
1: Okay. Yeah, really inter- interesting to see, right? So I mean, like uh, I don't know, but six years ago, when when you were founded, we um, probably wouldn't have thought that now. Nowadays, you you make a management console, right? So it's always um, evolving, even for us at the startup or at the company who's founded six years ago. So quite the same here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's always interesting, interesting to to stick to the customer to get the the um, the trends of the time, right?
0: Yeah. And we're slowly getting also to the end. So maybe for our audience who might want to reach out to you, mm-hmm. um, when when should they reach out to you, and yeah. how how can they contact you? Uh, what's your typically advice um, for for people that come to you?
1: Yeah. Um, to to answer the the when, um, I mean, if you who's watching the video wants to ask some questions right now, don't hesitate um, to give a more Um, comprehensive answer, Um, if you feel like stuck in some meaningless meaningless initiatives around the company, um, if you have the problem to manage the local and the global perspectives, um, or in case you want to have a manageable um, industry 4.0 roadmap when it comes to projects and to to further develop your company in the next five to ten years, um, then don't hesitate and contact me, contact us. Um, We are a um, quite cool team uh, nowadays, Um, so um, we are very open for for discussions Um, and to answer how, Um, just via phone uh, or LinkedIn. I also have my phone number, mobile number on on LinkedIn via mail. Uh, Download some of our white papers on our um, webpage um, just to get a first impression maybe. Um, But yeah, maybe we also have a podcast if you're more like the, the audio type. And um, so just feel free to, to reach out.
0: All right. So I link the LinkedIn post to, to add to the Azure framework and also link your LinkedIn profile into the, okay. the video description. So thank you for providing these insights from the scientific and the, the German manufacturing industry and. Dear listeners and viewers, if you think this was helpful, feel free to to comment under this video or LinkedIn post or wherever you you find it and provide us your your feedback. We already talked about how you can contact Jack, um, so I'll link it in the video description. And thank you for listening.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks, Jeremy. It was fun.